Good morning and welcome to The Hair Affair. This is Christine, your host, and welcome to Style of Sunday. I hope that you have your cup of coffee ready and that you're ready to join me in the beauty lounge. We've got a returning guest today, and that would be Brian Arnold from Cleveland, Ohio. Let's get this show started. How are you doing, Brian? Good, good. Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's awesome to have you back on the show with me again. We're going to make this a regular thing, I think, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Cool. Well, today we've got an episode discussing what you want to do when you leave cosmetology school. Because in school, you get kind of confused on what's next, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. We have choices between booth renting, going to a commission-based salon, or maybe stepping out and being your own owner. We're kind of living in a world where we're always looking for what's next and the grass is always greener on the other side and you could be making more money if you do this or if you do things a little bit differently. But coming out of school, you're just like, you you just don't even know where to start half the time. At least I know I thought I had a plan when I graduated and got licensed, but that changed within 30 days of me being licensed. How did that work for you? Kind of the same thing. I actually was going to do go on cruises and, and do that kind of hair or go to like resorts and do hair at resorts. That was kind of my plan right after school. And I pursued a different route. And I'm glad I did because when I hear about those routes, that route probably would have not been for me. So. Sure. But it's interesting what we think we want to do versus what we actually end up doing. And it's interesting that you say that you're talking about the cruise ships because I had thought of the same thing too. I was like, well, what does it take for me to get my international hair license so that I can work on cruise ships? And the information that I found when I was looking this up was that you had to be licensed at least for two years before you could apply for the international license. And I think that's probably... I had this great, amazing idea. I'm going to travel. You know, I was just newly divorced and I was going to be on my own and blah, 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 blah. And then it was like, oh, but I have to be licensed for two years, which honestly makes a lot of sense that you want somebody in there that has some time underneath their belt instead of just freshly out of school. That I think is kind of what pulled me into a different direction was knowing like, okay, well, I'm going to do my two years and then I'll apply for my international license. What happened with me in my situation is I was already established in a salon because I had my nail tech license already. And then I went back to school to finish out the rest of my cosmetology license. So my plan was get into a salon and get established being a nail tech. And then by the time I was fully licensed as a cosmetologist and I could start doing hair there. And that was kind of the agreement between the owner and I, and that was actually a commission-based salon. I was only there for 30 days, really, after I was licensed. And then I ended up going and working for Great Clips because, well, because I was newly divorced and trying to make ends meet. And at Great Clips, it offered hourly wage plus your tips plus health insurance, plus 401, you know, there were just a lot of benefits involved. The only thing I had to do was work on their schedule. I didn't get a choice on what kind of schedule I was going to work. And I really didn't have a choice either working in the commission salon. I remember one day the salon manager kind of got on me because on my schedule, 
I only had like two or three appointments and my first one wasn't until noon. So I showed up at 10 30, 11 o'clock. She came to me and she said, you need to be here when we're open, even though you don't have appointments. And I was like, say what? Like that was an eye opener for me. Like I didn't, cause I didn't understand how commission salon work. I didn't know I was supposed to be there when this door, when the doors were open sort of thing. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think that like is a key point with people that they don't understand with the commission salons is coming in and being there, even though you don't have appointments is what's going to build your clientele. Exactly. And if you're not there, you know, nobody's going to come to you because you're not there, you know? So being there with the commission-based salons, like a lot of people argue about like, well, why do I have to be here for three hours if I don't have anybody? But it's because having you in the salon and your face in the salon, you get to meet everybody else's guests. And then say, Sally can't take an appointment at that time, but you can, maybe her client will come to you because you've interacted with her and become, which will get your name out more and get you more clientele. Absolutely. And that is huge because once I learned that from her, I was like, oh, okay, I just, now I know, so I'm going to do better. But then like I said after a month and I ended up at Great Clips. When I left Great Clips and I started out on my own doing booth rent, I already had it in my head. This is what I need to do. Whether or not I have clients, I need to be in the salon because there could be a walk-in. There could be a phone call. There could be another stylist, you know, has a guest in their chair and that guest knows somebody who needs something done. And hey, if you're available, I'll let them know and they'll come right on down. I don't know how many times that happened to me. You know, living in a small town, that was kind of that's kind of a benefit because they're five minutes away kind of thing. That's how I started to build my clientele. And you go down whether or not you have anything on your books. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, because that's definitely a big thing. I mean, like I said, I think we talked a little bit about it in my la- the last podcast about how I just moved to Ohio four years ago. And it was just kind of one of those, no matter what hours I work, I'm always here. I'm right. always making sure that these clients know I'm here because so-and-so might have a child who needs a haircut while she's here and, right. you know, get the child. And then, you know, the mom's like, well, I'm comfortable with you doing my kid's hair. You could do my hair one time when, you know, so-and-so can't get me in or things right. like that. And then, like you said about the walk-ins, I mean, yesterday I had a, a random walk-in and, you know, I was kind of like, well, you know, I don't know, like I've had a really busy day and I'm kind of tired, but I'm like, you know what? Yes, I'll take you, come in, we'll get your hair cut, things like that. Well, then she booked out with me in six weeks to get her hair colored, her hair cut. And now she's going to be, you know, a regular regular who, what goes from like a haircut to a whole custom color, you know, she's going to be a couple hundred dollars every six weeks just because I was willing to be there and take that client. Exactly. I can't tell you how many of those types of walk-ins or cold calls or even social media brings me a lot of people too. And I don't even post anything on the community pages or anything. It's just somebody will pop on and say, Hey, I'm looking for a stylist that's good at curly hair or this can do that's great at color. It's funny. This just happened the other day. I had somebody had posted something like that out of, I went back and counted and I want to say like out of 12 people responding, nine of those were my guests that were throwing my name out there. I didn't even have to do the work. It was just done. Oh, yeah. 
And all I did was message the gal that had posted something on, on our community page and said, Hey, this is who I am. This is where I work. You can check out my webpage or you can look at my Facebook salon page to see what it is that I do. And if you want a book, here's my phone number. Let's get you on the books. And out of that one post, I gained three clients. Oh, yeah. Because the, the gal responded to me. And then that night, my I was working on a podcast and my phone rang and I just randomly picked it up and answered it. And just as I always do, you know, hello, this is Christine. And mm-hmm. the lady on the other end was, oh, you answered your phone. I wasn't expecting that. And then she introduced herself and she said, somebody post on Facebook that they were looking for a stylist and your name popped up with several people. And I just moved here from Colorado and I would like to book an appointment with you. Well, of course you can. And so it's just amazing when you stick around and you start building your clientele and you start, those people are your walking billboards, how important that is. Just because you don't have any bookings down doesn't mean one one person can change that around for you oh yeah just by being there just by showing up showing your face i couldn't tell you how many people especially with me working in a commission salon i talk with everybody's clients like everybody's clients know me and there's times where you like a couple of the girls here they have children and an emergency might happen or something but those clients will feel comfortable coming to me and spending their money with me because they know me and because I'm around all the time and they see me in the salon like, over the summer with the whole Redken training and we got back, everything was done with and I start seeing these clients again and they're like, where have you been? Like, I haven't seen you in like six months. And I was, well, no, it's just been the summer, but yeah, you know, like <laughs> I've been busy, been in and out of the salon, not here as much. They notice that kind of stuff. It's true. But, I mean, yeah. not only are you building relationships with your own guest. But it's the same way in our salon, too. You build relationships with your coworkers, people as well. In fact, yesterday I answered the phone and this gal that we have, she's she's a once a weeker. She comes in and she has her shampoo set. Her name is Pearl, but she's 100 years old. She just turned 100. And I mean, she's a whippersnapper. She's the cutest thing ever. And I've never had more than just a you know a couple minute conversation with her but I always say hi to her when she walks in she called yesterday morning and she said you know hey can you let Sherry know that I'm just not feeling well today and so I'm gonna have to cancel this week's appointment and so instantly I was like oh Pearl I hope that you can get some rest and feel better soon and we'll miss you today I was super polite to her I was legitimately concerned about her because you yeah. know you see her once a week and she comes in and you know that she's 100 years old and then she's there early every week and then now she's calling and she can't come in and it's like oh my gosh the earth stopped like pearl are you okay <laughs> what do you need oh, yeah. cuz she lives on her own still in fact mm-hmm. she just had to put her own daughter in a nursing home and she okay. used to drive her daughter around to her doctor's appointments and but her daughter has dementia and she couldn't take care of her anymore, so she had to put her daughter in a home, and she's still living on her by herself and driving. Well, she's not driving now. She was up until about six months ago. And isn't that nuts? That's so crazy. I love those types of stories. My old salon, we had a lady that was like that, and she's 90-something years old, super independent. She did what she wanted to do. Her husband passed away years ago, but she would make her weekly appointments and come in and get her hair done. And 
if she didn't show up that week, everybody was like, oh my God, where's she at? Why didn't she come in? Is everything okay? You know, they become a, almost like a family member. They like, really do. Especially when you spend so much time as a once a week or somebody every four weeks or you just build that relationship in the salon and you really start trusting everybody and building Absolutely. a small little family kind of thing. Absolutely. And well, and the same thing happened to me too. Uh, after my last trip to New York for uh, artist training, I come back. Of course, all my guests, my clients, well, how did it go? Did you pass? What happened? La, 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 la. And, but then it was really interesting to see my Sean's or Cindy's guests that they had asking me too. Like they were involved. They were emotionally involved into what was going on with me. And I had many come up to me and give me a hug and say, oh, I'm proud of you or, you know, great job. Or that really just kind of set me back a little bit. People do yeah. care. They, they love me. They, they hope that I did my best and that all this traveling and studying over the summer was, was going to pay off. Yeah. So, and that's something I feel like that you can get either in a commission salon or a booth rent salon. I don't see that happening if you're a suite owner because you're just by yourself. And because the salon that I originally went to when I moved out of Great Clips, I loved the salon and I loved the girls that I worked with, but it just wasn't the right fit for me. And so I thought, I'm just going to go out on my own. Just just me finished working at Great Clips for so many years and being a store manager for so many years and managing 14 to 15 employees to trying a booth rant with other gals and then just not really clicking. And then I thought, that's it. I'm just, it's just me. I'll be much happier. And this is going to be the ticket. And good thing I was only in the suite for about six or seven months because the building I was in ended up selling and um, the new owners promised us that they were going to keep all the suites there. Everybody that was already in there, they could keep their suites. And well, then not even two months after that, they came and said, no, we need you out by January 1, I think it was or something. So here we all are in Wyoming in a blizzard, moving all of our stuff out, <laughs> not knowing where we're going to go. It's Christmas time. It was hard. And after moving twice on my regulars in a matter of a year... Yeah. I didn't just want to jump into another salon to booth rent or go off a commission again. I really wanted to kind of do my research and see where I felt like mm-hmm. I was going to fit in before I just picked something and just jumped to another thing to jump to another thing. You know, the grass is greener on the other side or in the salon or, you know, I really kind of had to step back and analyze what I was doing and where I was going to go and make sure that it was going to be more of a long term versus just for a couple months. No, and I definitely agree. Yes. A big thing I think is making sure that you fit in with the people that you're going to be working with because I've worked in a place where we had suites and but I didn't rent a suite. I worked for the owner of the shop and she had her own personal suite and then everybody else had their suites, but we all got along like a small family. You know, we would do Christmases together and do little like outings and stuff together sure. and it was more of a a family unit unit I still talked with each other's clients and got to know them but it is a little bit more of a less personable space because you are broken up and you're more independent versus where when you rent a booth you're in a whole mm-hmm. salon and you have the environment around you and you have the people around you right. still but yet again 
you have to make sure you click with those people. I've heard a couple stories of instance, one person, they rent a booth and stuff, or they rent like, a, it was actually a sweet place, but they hired somebody and the mm. person was just disrespectful to everybody else in the place and didn't care about anybody else. The person had to go because they were the newest person and they were causing the biggest issues. Yeah. yeah. You get your salons where you get more of that family environment because it's more open and you're all together and, you know, you can really build relationships with people. You're not going to find that perfect salon either where it's everybody gets along. There's no drama. You're always going to have the pot stir. There's always going to be somebody who rubs you the wrong way. You just have to learn to just, you just ignore it. And that's the biggest thing that I also wanted to hit on was that when you're fresh out of cosmetology school, you don't want to be jumping from salon to salon to salon because any clientele that you do start building, eventually they're just going to drop you because they're going to get tired of trying to follow you around all the time. Or they're going to see somebody else in the salon that you're in where there's a stylist who's more consistent and maybe start going to them. And that's happened to me a few times too. I've picked up some really great clients from someone else who's jumped continuously. And finally, they were like, you know what? I'm tired of following this person around and I've seen your work. So can I just book with you? Like, I have to say, like, since I started beauty school, basically, yeah, I'm on this five-year kick (laughs) where like, about every five years, I jump us, I change salons, but I've also moved every time. So it wasn't the fact I went to this salon and then went down the road and went to this salon. It was, I moved hundred miles away and, you know, started a new salon. But yeah, people don't like it when you jump around a lot. They want consistency. They want to know where they're going. They want to know. And nine times out of 10, people will find a salon that's close to their home versus finding something that's 20 minutes out and then you switch salons you move mm-hmm. 20 minutes out and people are like I don't want to drive that far like I want to come you sure. know well and what's really interesting too since you bring that up is this week I had a new client that came to me and she lives what I would say two and a half three hours away and in Wyoming And when we talk distance, we don't say, oh, they live X amount of miles away. It's how long it takes to get there. (laughs) So she lives about three hours away, but she (laughs) drove all the way from across the state in Wyoming to come and just to come see me. Like she specifically made an appointment with me because she's seen my work to have her hair done. Now, first of all, talk about a little bit of extra pressure. I don't care how long you've been in the business, but when you know when somebody's traveled three hours because anything that they get around them is just not cutting it. That's huge. By the time she left, I mean, she was practically in tears because she was so happy. And it was it was a really cool thing. But I just was like, wow, somebody just drove three hours to have their hair done by me. It's really crazy when you have people do that. Like I have, so for example, I have two clients right now that stick out in my brain. Um, One, she lived in town here and then she had to move out of town because she moved in with her boyfriend and she's about an hour-ish away. I hadn't seen her all summer and she's in every four-week retouch. Like she has to have that retouch because she has that like really dark hair and when she Mm -hmm. gets her grays, they just like are in your face. And She went to a couple different salons and me and her were actually talking about this 
um, about it this week. And it's, it was the whole thing of like how the styles reacted to her and stuff like that, because uh, she has that sure. really thick, coarse, difficult hair to do. You know, it's not the easiest thing and you got to take your time on it. But these people don't want to take their time on it. I went to this one and when I left, it was like, I could have styled my hair that way. She's like, it looked awful. Like I went home and had to like flat iron it out more to make it like lay down nicer and things like that. And so now she drives an hour every four weeks to come and get, well, two hours because hour here, hour back and just to get her retouch. And then I also have one that comes from another state, (laughs) but it's only about an hour and a half drive. Um, But she comes to me to get her hair done as well. Because she, in the area, she can, she's searched for years and she couldn't find anybody. And I mean, when I lived in Illinois, which is about seven hours from where I'm at now driving wise, um, she used to see me in Illinois. Like she used to drive all that way. Come, I mean, she'd see her kid too, sure. because her kid lived like a town over kind of thing in college. But she would drive all that way to come see me to get her hair done because she couldn't find anybody she local to do well, her hair the way she wants it. Something I want to put out there too yeah. to let our listeners understand is that, first of all, it takes time to create a clientele, especially one that is a repeat. Um, and But it takes relationship building mm-hmm. and it takes, it doesn't happen overnight. Like I've been in the business now, let's see, January will be nine years that I've been licensed and you've been in the business for how long? 15? Uh, Like 14, 15 years. Yeah. Where we're at and what we're talking about today is not something that just happened overnight for us. No, this is what took consistency. This is what keeping our tushes in a salon for more than just a month, Mm -hmm. Um, hard work. And I mean, I don't know about you, but even now I still have my days where I'm just like, wow, I feel completely defeated today in everything that I did. And then, you know, your mind takes you places like, well, maybe this isn't the job for me, or maybe I picked the wrong career. Maybe I'm really not good at this. And you can really talk down on yourself. But then the next day you come into work and it's nothing but complete victories. And then it's a reminder of like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm doing what I do and why I love it so much and why I come in. I just just keep coming in regardless of what your thoughts are because I see a lot of dropout too, especially here in my area where people get licensed and then maybe they work in the industry for like a year and then you see them where they're not even working in the salon anymore. They're having some kind of nine to five full-time job or doing something else because they didn't put the work into it in the beginning when you get out of school. Oh, yes, definitely. To me, when you get out of school, you should be eight to 12 hour days on your feet all day, cleaning something, doing this, doing that, really focusing on everything, obviously, as well as watching your stylists that are more educated than you and learning from them and asking questions to really build yourself up and become that person where people will travel hours to come see you. Yeah, if you're not cleaning or, I mean, you should be looking at color charts, different lines that you can take education from. I mean, just because for us, just because we're Redken, of course, we're going to take our Redken education and Redken offers a ton of 
free education like videos and stuff that you can get online Mm -hmm. but if there's i'm in such an area if there's a salon that is having like say a lonza person come in or a matrix or something from a different company i'm still inclined to go to those because just because it's not a line that you use doesn't mean you can't pick up a different type of technique or maybe something might actually click in your brain that you've been struggling with that oh you have your aha moment or something and those are things that you should be doing on the side when i first started at gray clips i can't tell you how many samvia videos i watched on clipper cuts for men and even at that time you know the a-lines was a huge hit again for everybody and so i would we didn't we were not taught a-lines i went to another stylist in a different salon and had her show me on a mannequin and we worked on that for a few sundays in a row until i felt comfortable with doing it just a basic a-line yeah i had to like seek it and learn it so that I could be a better stylist in the salon. And that also reminds me too, when you're first out of school, Saturdays should be in your vocabulary. Saturdays, I feel like are a must to work because you're going to, that's one of the fastest ways that you can build your clientele. And I know that you don't want to work Saturdays or if you're going to do your own booth rent and you can set your own hours, Saturdays are huge. When I was first booth renting, I actually worked Monday through Saturday. So I worked six days a week, however many hours a day, until I was comfortable or to a place where I could be like, okay, I'm going to start respecting my time and have my two days off so I'm not exhausted. And I'm going to work Monday through Friday or Tuesday through Saturday or Wednesday through Sunday or, you know, however you want to set that up for yourself. But in the beginning, Saturdays are huge. They're money makers. Oh yeah, people and business building. Yeah, people don't understand that. I'll be here four years in March, and you know I'm finally getting to a point where I'm, I don't need to work five days a week. I could manage four days a week and be perfectly fine, but have a little bit longer of days or extend over to later hours, things like that. So after this first of the year, I'm going to be shifting my schedule a little bit and basically i'm going to be doing wednesday to saturday because you just can't give up your saturdays i can make twice as much on a saturday as i make throughout the whole week amen that is that's the truth and i do the same thing too especially summertime my schedules get kind of shifty a little bit because here with the mountains and the our reservoirs and stuff around here people will take off friday from work and go up the mountain and hang out in the mountain all weekend long. So Saturdays, Fridays and Saturdays in the summertime here are like ghost towns. And so I have to shift myself to work different days of the week during the summertime. And then it shifts all back when school starts and people are back to their regular scheduled nine months out of the year. Yeah. But in that situation, I usually end up working later into the evening because then I'm getting people in after work or kids after school or something like that. And so there, there are nights I may not get home until eight or eight 30 and I've been at the salon since seven 30 or eight o'clock and I still pick up Saturdays right now. My Saturdays haven't picked up as much, but they will come 
they usually start picking up around the holidays, like Thanksgiving, about Halloween, and then Saturdays just become super crazy busy. And then I could end up working eight, 10 hours on a Saturday, but make my booth rent on that one day. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I've had those days where my Saturdays are just completely slammed. And I I mean, for example, a couple of weeks ago, from 8.30 in the morning till 11 o'clock in the afternoon, I did, what was it, three colors and four haircuts within that amount mm-hmm. of time. And yeah. that was how, that's how my day was. And by the end of everything, like I had one of my best days that I've probably ever had. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. I think I have learned in this business on days or things or times or hours or whatever that I really don't want to do are really the times and the days and the hours I should be there. Yeah. And I don't know how that actually works out in the end because who really wants to work a Saturday? Of course, in the perfect world, you want to work maybe four 10-hour days a week and have a three-day weekend. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. But it's just a lot of times it's not reality. And as Americans, we work all the time. Even yeah. when we're, even though we're not in the salon and we're at home on our own personal time, we're working. Yeah. Whether it's watching videos or following somebody else on social media and, and looking at their stuff for the week or listening to podcasts or whatever it is, it seems like as stylists, we're always working all the time always or booking appointments i've i've had to come to a point where if people message me at nine o'clock at night or later i'm not responding to them because i have to draw that boundary at some point there has to be a point where i'm not at work (laughs) yes and have an evening even if it's just for a couple hours yeah and sometimes that's really hard because you know you have that bond with your clients and you're like well i hate to do this to them but I, i i i need my home time there's times I go home and it's, I never shut my phone off because my parents are older and things like that. But like, you basically set it out of your vision and just forget about it because it's, I just can't do, I can't do social media anymore. I can't answer any more questions on, you know, this or that. Right. You need your time to like focus on your family and yourself. And absolutely. And that's something that you do need to remember too when you're in this business is we can get so caught up in our day that sometimes 10 hours goes by in five minutes. Oh, yeah. But you do have to keep in mind your relationships and your families and what's going to work for you and have boundaries. And it's okay because if you do have to rearrange a regular client or whatever that situation may be, they're honestly, they're going to understand if they like you that much and they're coming and they've been coming to you for a couple years or for years, they're, yeah. they're not going to be upset about it. They're just, they're just throwing a question out there to see if it's workable. And we're the ones that are overthinking it thinking, yeah. oh man, they're a really good client, whatever I should do this for them. But in reality, you don't have to, they're just asking a question, yes or no. And your answer, you don't have to explain it. You can just say yes or no, this will work. And stop overthinking it because if that doesn't work, they're going to figure out what will work for the two of you to meet and to have that appointment. Oh, yeah. And your clients, if they don't understand, then they're not a good client. Last weekend, I had a client and basically my last Saturday just kind of fell apart. People had to rearrange things for certain reasons. And and I was going to visit my family and it's about a seven hour drive for me. 
Well, my plan was to leave after work. So I was going to leave around like three, four o'clock in the afternoon because I had a full day. But then when everybody moved, I ended up only having one client in the morning for a retouch and a haircut. And then I had her daughter in between her for a haircut. And it was one of those where like she was leaving for a big conference on Monday to Vegas. She comes in and she looks at me and tells me because I told her that I was going to see my mom afterwards. And she's like, well, you know, you could have called me and we could have rescheduled this because family's important. You need to go see your family. I was like, you know, I'm not planning. I wasn't planning on leaving for another like four hours after you. So for me to leave four hours earlier and still get you in and get you done it's not an issue for me, you know, like I'm not going right. to reschedule you for that. But just her saying that made me feel good as a person that she understands that, you know, my family's not two doors down. I can't just go see my family. And when I need to go see my family, I can always give her a call and be like, sorry, I need to reschedule you because this happened. Sure. And I, I have some of those clients too that will tell me that if they need to be re- rearranged or they come in for their appointment and I say something and then I don't realize how I'm saying it to them and they're like, oh, well, you should have just called me. I would have come in earlier or we could have rescheduled and and I'm always like, oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean for that to come out and sound like, oh, I have to be here. I can't rearrange my appointments because life is happening on the outside of the doors here. So it's it's nice to know that people do voice that. Oh, yeah. And when they really appreciate you as their hairstylist, they're willing to work with you. Well, and she was one also, um, I kind of, I remember telling you this story. But when I went to LA, and then we got I got back from LA, like I literally flew into Cleveland, and came straight (laughs) to work kind of thing. And we had changed softwares. Well, two of my clients had not been put onto my books. So they weren't on there. And it was actually that client that I was talking about last week who was like, oh, you could have rescheduled me or whatever. But she was supposed to have a nine o'clock retouch. And I ended up having somebody else in that spot. She sat around the salon until about noon to get her hair done, got her retouch done, got everything done, you know, that she wanted. And she was perfectly fine with it. because She's like, I understand mistakes happen. Like, I'm here for you still, you know, and right. Was this the one where you got into Cleveland at 6 a.m. and then had to turn around and be to work at 8 a.m. kind of thing? Or I was here by like 8.45 kind of thing. And then, yeah, basically I started my day and I was only supposed to have three people on my books or something like that that day. Three or four. And I ended up having six people and two people that added on were... Like one was a partial highlight and one was an all over color or um, not an all over, but like a retouch color. But I mean, the amount of hair she has, it's almost like, you know, she's 45 minutes to ball drive, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, it's just one of those where it was like my simple day turned into a disaster. But at the end of the day, all my clients were like, oh, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. And I mean, my one, my partial highlight, she showed up and I like walked outside and I was like, oh, what are you doing here? And she's like, I have an appointment today. And I laughed in her face because I'm like, no, don't, you know, not like horribly, but like giggled. I was like, no, you don't. She's like, yeah, I have it on my books. And I'm like, well, give me like 20 minutes and I'll get to you. And she's like, okay, I'll just sit out and enjoy the sun and whatever. Like, oh dear. You know, they were totally fine with it. And by the Everything was said and done. Everything looked great. Everything was done great. My clients 
respected me and respected that I was running late and behind and these things happen. And, but then they might have a family emergency and call me and be like, I have to cancel for today. When can you get me in? And I, I can be like, well, when do you need in? And I make it work for them because they make it work for me. Yes, absolutely. And I've done the same thing too. That same thing. It's so important. And we kind of strayed from what we were going to talk about a little bit. <laughs> a little <laughs> but lot that's, of it. <laughs> but, but that's how we are. That's how you and I roll, it seems. So, and I think that's okay. We we have a great conversation today and, and we can talk more on commission and booth rent and all the different things because there's a lot that goes into it. You know, if you're, if you're booth rent, you are covering everything on your own. If you're commission, you're only getting so much of the money that you bring in but you don't have to worry about all the extras like your taxes and the yes, back bar and all the all those extras that go with it. It's like you're basically paying an accountant to take care of you sort of yeah. thing. And then, of course, being an owner is a completely different story on how that operates. And that I mean, that's something that we can do on maybe a second part <laughs> two or something like that. So we'll have we won't leave you hanging on that because we just. We did completely veer off topic, but we did, but that's okay. We, I loved what we talk about. It, it was great. A lot of personal stories in that. And I think it's good for our, especially our new stylist to hear and our veteran stylist to hear too, to know that they're not alone in, in what we're talking about. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's all of us. We're all in the same boat. We all have the same, ex- you know, close to the same experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Well, Brian, it was awesome to see your face again and have you back on the show. And I think you're going to be one of my regulars. So be Uh sure to. So, Brian, where can they find you? So you can find me on Instagram at hair by hair underscore by Brian or my Facebook is hair by Brian. Perfect. And they've got ways to email you on there or message you. Yep. All my and... messages and stuff are open for people to message me. There's also um, ways, there's also links on both of the pages to go onto the web, the salon website to book online, different things like that. And that salon is Motive Expressions. And how do you say your name again, where you live? Uh, in Streetsboro, Ohio. Streetsboro. That's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being on the show again today. And as always, you are welcome back and we will catch you later. Definitely. And there's the show for Stylist Sunday. Thanks for joining us again. And remember, stay tuned for part two. And hopefully this time, Brian and I will not go off topic. You can find his information on my webpage at thehairaffairwithchristine.com. And also on that same webpage, you will find all my information and my social links so that you can contact me because I would love to hear from you. Give me some topic ideas or any questions that you have. Let's talk about it. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the show. And remember, it is not always about the hair as displayed today. Talk to you Wednesday. Bye. Bye.